Welcome to the Stream of David Show, where David taps into higher consciousness and shares divine guidance from the stream, answering all of life's questions and guiding you to the life of your dreams. Sit back with your mind opened as you come along with us on this wonderful journey of higher enlightenment. Here's your host, David Strickle. Hi, welcome to the Stream of David Show. I am here today with a good friend of mine. She's been on before, and this is, uh, I think, her second Parents on the Stream of David show, Liza Jane Wolf. Hi, Liza. Hi. How are you? Happy to be here. I am well today. <laughs> well, I have to tell you all, I'm really excited. Liza and I always have so much fun. We started out, uh, we were actually in a business boot camp together, and we started out sort of working together a little bit with a show that we used to do together uh, for a short while on Spirituality Gone Wild. We would sit and we would drink and we would talk about spiritual stuff. <laughs> And I think we're going to do that again. We're going to do one more of those again coming up for uh, the holidays uh, this season to uh, just kind of reprise that a little bit. I usually don't drink when I channel, uh, but it was just fun to sit and have a cocktail and talk about spiritual stuff. So yeah, yeah. So we had the a lot of spiritual poop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we can say the S word on here. I, maybe not the. Oh. F, we can say the S word on the show. Shoot the spiritual shit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So what we're going to do today, though, is that, that Liza uh, channels the MVP. She can talk to you a little more about that. But she also does a lot of work with people regarding guides, angels, and ascended masters. And she actually spoke to the stream about this on a live that we did last night. And what we're going to do with this podcast, she and I are going to talk about it now. And then I'm going to put the recording of her interaction with the stream at the end of the show. So you got to stick around and listen to the whole thing to get the streams take on all of this, but we're going to start with the human take on all of this. So Liza, tell us a little bit about your take on, on these things in your work with your clients. So it's funny. We both are working towards the same end result in our work. Uh, you just get right to the point And then I kind of baby step people through the process to get there. <laughs> um, and so when I'm working with my clients, my ultimate goal is to get them to understand and recognize themselves with source. But when the people that I'm working with, a lot of times they've had experiences that they know to be guides or angels or ascended masters. And what I find is a lot of times people perceive this energy as being something outside of themselves, something different from themselves. So what I like to do and what the stream and I kind of talked about a little bit last night is I like to walk them through the vibrational feel of these energies until they get to that point where they're feeling that full force of source energy in themselves. And so, um, you know, I came up in my spiritual experience as a psychic medium, and there's a lot of working with guides and working with angels and working with ascended masters. And it's um, a belief system that that is someone outside of themselves. So when I'm working with my clients, I end up working with a lot of people who believe that their guide is separate from them that believe that the energy of angels is separate them, than them, uh, believe that the energy of ascended masters is separate from them. And so my goal is to really help them understand that that's just another aspect of themselves because in truth, we're all source energy, right? So that's the work that I'm doing with my clients. And so that's why it kind of prompted me to ask the stream about that last night. 
Yeah, you know, I've always, I, I, would, I wouldn't say always, I, I have been aware of guidance that to me, from a human perspective, felt external. That's what the stream is, felt very external, and even felt for years that I had a guardian angel watching over me. So many things have happened in my life that should have resulted in, you know, injury or, you know, significant damage or even death. <laughs> I've, I've, I've led a crazy life. <laughs> I've taken lots of risks and had lots of fun and don't regret any of it. But certainly there's things that I look back on and think, wow, how did I survive that? And I, I've always felt very protected by the universe and, and always felt very much like somebody's really watching over me. And the stream information has been coming to me my whole life. I talk about that all the time. But there's someone that I was introduced to as a guide by a mutual friend of ours not that long ago, and it was an entity that she identified as Andros. And Andros has really stepped forward and okay. sort of being a guide in regard to my uh, development as a spiritual teacher, a spiritual leader, uh, and a channel. And I, it's very easy to identify Andros as this, this person that is, that is in spirit that is, is here to help me. And I get guidance. I get very clear yes or no guidance from Andros in my body. If I ask a question of Andros and it's a yes, my whole left side of my body jerks all the way down to my knee. If it's a no, it's right side. And it's, it's, it's very pronounced. In fact, people, uh, Michael, my, my boyfriend, will notice it. When I'm with him, I'm very much up my spiral most of the time. And we'll be sitting talking, all of a sudden I'll jerk. And, and he's gotten to know what that means now. He's like, what is that? What is that? What are you getting? Yes or no? It's really funny. So I understand, though, that Andros is part of the stream. And Andros is part of me, but he's not the stream. And he's not even a he. You know, I, I get that. But I will say that there's some comfort in thinking of it in human terms for me as a human being. So I understand you working with your clients and sort of bridging the gap with imagining. And the stream says this all the time, that we use our imagination to bridge the gap between physical and non-physical. When I take people in Taya Boot Camp to the seeing through the eyes of sources, a meditation that we do that allows them to raise to the, the rise to the source level and see their life and the world and the universe from the source perspective, which is very different than human perspective. And some people get it pretty quick. Some people I have to work with extensively to get there to where they're seeing through the eyes of source. That's a big part of the Taya practice. Because really, when you start seeing through the eyes of source, the, the problems of the world seem very minute. The problems in your life seem very easy to overcome because you understand from that perspective that they indeed are. And I always coach people to use their imagination to bridge the gap. And of course, some people will say, well, I'm just faking it then. You know, I'm just using, I'm just pretending. But if you think about it, all creation begins as imagination. So if we're using our imagination to bridge the it's gap. It's all fake. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> in, 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 in that context, then everything's fake. Everything that we have was fake before it was real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everything. The, the, the computer I'm looking at right now was someone's imagination before it came to be. So we, we, we shouldn't discount the use of our imagination to bridge these gaps. And if it's comforting to think of a guide or an ascended master or an angel, I had this conversation with our, our mutual friend, Stacey Overman, because she's very into angels. 
And mm-hmm. I, I think the stream, she, she had a meeting with the stream and the stream sort of said, well, you know, there aren't really angels. <laughs> you know, the stream is <laughs> so MVP direct. says that. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the stream <laughs> is so direct and will just pummel you with the information that you may or may not be ready for. And, you know, that's a lot of her work. But they always say there's nothing wrong with, with visualizing the energetic realm as angelic and visualizing this human-like mm-hmm. being that you identify as an angel. There's nothing wrong with it but you are using your imagination to bridge the gap. But for people who maybe they don't even know the difference, let's, let's, because I think you're more of an expert on this stuff than I am. This is a, a human creation. And I think you're more educated in these things than I am. I haven't bothered to be educated beyond what the stream offers. So <laughs> share, share with us the difference between guides, angels, and ascended masters as it's commonly defined. So, and, and I want to say one thing before I get into that. Um, so it's funny, the stream gives the very direct pummeling with information, right? And the reason I call the MVP the MVP is because they're the multiverse posse and they've expressed to me that they've, um, they can represent every incarnation, every individuation of source energy into form, right? And so I bring that up because as humans, we're just individuated aspects of source. And so uh, we're, the, we're very dense, right? We're dense vibration where what we recognize as source is very subtle high vibration. And so when I speak about guides and angels and ascended masters, um, and they always say the reason some of us need to work with those ideas in our imagination to bridge the gap is because our little tiny human brains can't perceive the fullness of source energy, right? And we don't feel worthy. And so we, it's, they're like stepping stones into our connection to source, right? Yeah, and we so, have to separate from ourselves to make it an authentic experience. Exactly. We don't believe that we right. can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's just your imagination, if you don't believe that you can do it, then all of a sudden, if there's this higher power outside of you that's coming to you, then it gives you that faith to take that first step, which leads you up the ladder to source energy, right? And so the way I describe it to my clients is, if you think of we're the most dense vibration, when you get a little less dense, that's what we consider our guides, right? They're the most human-like. They're closest to us. If, if you look up anything about guides, they're Indian chiefs or Mother Teresa or, you know, all of these very human. And then as the energy gets a little less dense, then that would be the angelic realm, right? Which, which is still humanistic. We're still familiar with. We can still believe, oh yeah, an angel might talk to me. I'm not such a lowly human being that an angel wouldn't talk to me, right? And so we have a belief that we can connect there. And then ascended masters would be those people that are human who have chosen to um, move into their light body. I'm going to use some language that I don't necessarily use, but this is the descriptive terminology, right? So ascended masters were human once, and then they chose to move into their light body form and serve humanity because we're so jacked up, we need all the help we can get, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so when I'm describing to my clients and we're working through this process, and it's funny, I just did this exercise this morning for a client, um, and we're essentially moving through the levels of vibration and giving a name, a tangible name to each level of vibration. And so, you know, you might say, oh, I have a guide, he's an Indian chief. 
and he comes to me and helps me. And then a lot of people, Archangel Michael, you know, so you're moving up the vibration. And they want me to address also that when you're talking about it feels like you mentioned your guide, feels like something outside of you. Um, what I've come to understand is that's a level of vibration that when we're in our human focus, we're not vibrating at that level. So we're feeling that difference of vibration. So it can very often feel like there is an energy outside of you, but it's really just um, if you're still water and a wave comes by, it's still all the same water, but you feel that difference, right? Right. If you're just well, standing in the... We're all that off in our ego humanness. Yeah. We don't realize that we are energetic, but we are able to cut the energetic realm off if we choose to do so or tap into different, different aspects of the energetic realm that could be positive or negative helpful exactly yeah and, and i i get that very clearly that we have to be very careful when we start tapping into things because when i was really i never had a, a mentor in any of this i've always been a self-taught person i taught myself how to shave how to drive we how can to tie, tell. Tie, no how to do everything i've taught myself how to channel i, I i've always taught myself everything and, I, and it's a rock that explains road. a lot yeah <laughs> a rockier road to do that thank you a rockier road to do that for sure. But I, I take deep satisfaction in the fact that I find my own path, even though, you know, with channeling, it took me, you know, almost 50 years to get to the point where I could speak the stream the way I do today. But then I think the stream's really good. You know, it's, it's really authentic and pure and it's not uh, tainted with some religious beliefs. Or, and, and that's why there's such a pummeling from quote unquote them, because it's just such pure information from source about universal law and how it impacts our lives. And it's, it's not softened for mass consumption because my intentionality with it is to share, share it as pure as I can share it, even if it gets me in trouble. And we all know it gets me in trouble sometimes, but that's okay. That, you know, that that's okay because it really is, it, it's out there for the audience that's ready to consume really raw information from source. And not everybody is. And I think you know, tapping into these, these more human-like mid-vibrational beings, you're sort of softening that source message. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that there's value there. And, and, you know, I think that we all channel for different reasons in different audiences. And there's definitely crossover. There's lots of people that love the stream, that love Abraham, that love Joshua, that love the MVP. You know, it, there's crossover. And it's not a coincidence that we all know one another and get along so well because, we're all here not competing, but we're sharing from the same core message and the same core of source, but we're all sort of sharing it in a way that is our intentionality is, is going to reach different groups of people at different times that are ready for that message and it serves them. And that just makes sense. And, and, and I love, uh, we just came up with the term mid vibrational beings yeah. somewhere between, you know, the human vibration, physical, and the, the core of source. And, you know, Andros, that energy is part of the stream, but it's, it's sort of a, a, a mid-vibrational part of the stream, not, not the very highest vibration that is the core of all of that. And, and, and it serves more in guidance for me than in the general message from the stream. And I totally, totally get that. It's just very hard to put that into human words and terms. So I guess we just did. 
Which is why we need our imagination because our little human brains, that's how they always say to me, our little human brains just can't wrap it, ourselves around that concept, right? And and you, I like the the term you just came up with, but what they always say to me is when we are working with the energy of a guide or an angel or an ascended master, we're working with the individuated stream of consciousness that can deliver the vibration that will serve us most in that moment. And so sometimes we need a little pep talk from a guide to help us uh, believe in ourselves or have faith or something a little bit more. For a lot of people, they need that, um, you know, and just Archangel Michael is... um, is who comes to mind the most. I'm not as well versed in angels <laughs> as I am. In we'll have to get Stacy in here on the next episode. And, uh, yeah, she can tell us who is who with the who is who with the uh, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> She'll fill in the gap. <laughs> um, but you know, like a lot of people call on Archangel Michael when they feel like they need protection or they need power. They need, um, you know, something. They need that boost of of power within themselves, right? And so. I like you're calling it what mid level, what did you call it mid level yeah, mid, mid energy mid vibration mid vibration that's it and I have mid level uh, management no <laughs> <laughs> well and you know it's so funny because we kind of get into lower vibrational beings and higher vibrational beings and, and there is such a thing and even among humanity there are certainly higher vibrational people and lower vibrational people and we have to really the stream says we're all judgmental. And we're not going to escape that. I'm but, judgy you know. AF. <laughs> well, we are because we're always discerning our preference. So, you know, yeah. there's a few things that I hear people uh, in, in the spiritual world, um, spiritual practitioners, if you will, say it, 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 the two things that, that drive me crazy are one that, you know, the ego is a bad thing. Ego is not your amigo. You need to release your ego. Well, you're not going to do that until you die. So stop trying. I never heard that. <laughs> the ego is not your amigo. Somebody said that in boot camp the other day. I'm like, whoa, your entire boot camp and you're still preaching that stuff? Let's take a little pause. I always say, when you lose your ego, you're dead. Right. You don't, your ego you serves don't, Like you're human. Yeah, you're gone. You're out yeah, of here. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking, uh, there was a, a young lady I was talking to earlier that wants me uh, as a mentor because she wants to channel. And we were talking about ego and I was telling her that ego is a big part of this. If you're going to, it, it, her desire is not just to channel the way everybody channels as far as, you know, receiving guidance and, and intuition from source, which we all do, all, all creation does. But she wants to channel the way I channel, the way Gary channels, the way you channel. And we were talking about ego a little bit and she has a healthy ego. I could tap into that right away. And I said, that's important because if you're going to get out there in public and tell people that you are channeling source, it takes ego to do that. It takes ego to bridge the gap that, hey, this, this is source information that I'm receiving here. This is good stuff. And if you're aligned with it, you might want to listen. If you don't have a healthy ego, you're not going to be able to get that message out there the way you, you, you want to, to help people. So in this Well, and capacity, I just came across, go or ahead. go ahead, in this capacity, finish. Go ahead. In this, in this capacity, <laughs> it, it's clear to me how my ego serves me being able to get out here and, and share the stream's message. Now, where ego is contrast on all topics. So when ego gets ahead of me is when I have a million followers and I start thinking that I'm God or something. And I, you know, and, and I start treating people poorly because I've got source flowing through me and you don't, you know, that's all bullshit. I'm, I, my intention is to never turn into that, but there are spiritual 
teachers out there that start out with great intentions that get very popular very fast. And then the ego does get a little ahead of them. And you see that in them sometimes. And you hear these stories about these people. And you're like, gosh, I hope I don't turn into that. No matter how prolific the stream becomes or the MVP, you know, I don't want my ego to get ahead of it. And the stream has said, well, if that ever happens, you're going to get evidence from the universe really fast. Oh, yeah. And you, we, we, you know, it's sort of like we're going to knock your ass right back into alignment. Don't you worry about that. So I said, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they will. Yeah, well, that happens to I, a lot And of I will. <laughs> I will but, if you they know, don't. You see people get, you know, uh, r- really famous or really successful at what they do. And it goes to their head a little bit. I used to work for somebody like that. And he really surrounded his people, you know, surrounded himself with people that fed his ego all the time. And I saw the flaws in what it did to his organization. It, it really was damaging because feeding his ego became the top priority for everyone and not necessarily doing what was best for the business. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to go there. Certainly we've gotten way off on a tangent about ego, but you know, ego imbalance is a good thing. Definitely. Well, and what I would add to that is funny enough and everything happens, right? Always as it needs to. I was listening to a recording where I was explaining to somebody, um, about, you know, the importance of ego in channeling. And I I essentially said, I have to be very confident in who I am to be able to stand in front of the world and say, I'm going to deliver some amazing information to you that you might not be familiar with, that you may or may not agree with from an invisible source that you can't see, that I can't prove to you exist. And I have to have complete disregard for whether or not you're going to like me or judge me or have anything to say about it. And ego, like anything, needs to be in balance. Our ego is simply how we identify ourselves in this physical form. It's our, it's our personality. It's our makeup. Yeah. It's well, who we are. It's and, so and just... It, it serves you to, to get through your human life experience. To, it drives you. Yeah. Because if you, if you had no... Ego identification. Then, from what point are you having all your experiences? Right. It's it's so funny. I one of the things. This is how we got on the subject. But one of the things that drives me nuts. And you know, like I said, I came up um, in, and it's only been not even ten years now that I started studying. But you know, I was extremely psychic, very easily able to receive. Uh, the vibration that we refer to as dead folks. And so that's what I started to study because I had to make sense of what was happening. And I recognize those were all stepping stones to my ability to channel, right? And um, one of the biggest things that people say is, is, oh, you know, we're going for enlightenment. Well, when you're enlightened, you're dead because when you're enlightened, you know, like you're, you're absorbed back into source energy. So your ego is valuable, being enlightened and living on this earth plane is not going to allow you to experience the contrast of this earth plane, which is why you came in the first place, right? And so as we're having our experience as humans and we forget that we're source energy, that's where having access to guides and angels and ascended masters, being able to tap into that vibration to help lift us up. You know, you talk about going down the spiral Sometimes when we're going down the spiral, we can't get out of our own way. If we can connect to a vibration that we deem a guide, an angel, or an ascended master, we can tap into that vibration and use it to lift us back up our spiral. So there's a lot of value in um, having access to those vibrations. And we can only do that from our perspective as a human being, you know? 
Absolutely. Two. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that makes me crazy with, in, in, with spiritual practitioners sometimes is when they try to make it like religion. Mm-hmm. And I, it, to your point about, to your point about, as far as what you were saying earlier about enlightenment and people thinking that if you're spiritual, that you somehow reach this place of, of higher being as a human where you're no longer really human, people sometimes expect that of me. I don't know if you get that from people or not, but people that meet me mm-hmm. get to know me a little bit. And if I have a, a, a situation where I'm you know, less than up the spiral, perhaps, and I've had criticism, you know, I'm surprised that you're like this, given that you're a spiritual person. And I'm always, I'm always <laughs> thinking, well, what do you think I am? You know, I'm still human. I still go up and down the spiral. I have good days and bad days. Hopefully I'm out there, you know, behaving like a total asshole. Generally I'm not, <laughs> but you know, I, I have my good days and my bad days and, and I make mistakes and say things that I don't necessarily mean sometimes when I'm down my spiral and, and stuff like that. But I get that sometimes. It's like they try to hold you to this, this high standard because of you're a spiritual, you know, author and suddenly you're supposed to be perfect. And people that have these, these ideas of, you know, you're spiritual, so I'm sure you don't drink. I'm spiritual, so I'm sure you're a vegan. I, you're spiritual, so mm-hmm. I know you don't watch TV. I've heard all that a lot. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I drink alcohol. I eat meat. I don't really watch TV anymore, but that's more because I have a robust social life here in Palm Springs than anything else. I, you I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> but also, it just doesn't interest me like it used to. I used to watch a lot of television. And I watched a lot of television while I was channeling the stream. And I did get to a point where things that were really negative and dark, I couldn't handle that anymore because the more I allowed yeah. to scream it, that did transition for me, but it wasn't because there's anything good or evil or right or wrong or sinful. I know there's none of that. I know that's all human mm-hmm. creation stuff. And there's things that we discern as our preference and there's things that we discern as not. We're judgmental. We always will be. And, you know, that's another little aspect of that too, is I'm spiritual, so I don't judge. I never judge. That's total BS. Of course we all judge. But the difference is for me, I can judge something and say, that's not my preference. I don't want that for me. And there's plenty mm-hmm. of things that I judge that way, right? But what I don't like and what we do in the practice of Taya is release the need to create in the lives of other people release the need mm-hmm. to try to help save people from themselves. Mm-hmm. Thinking, you know, I don't want that for me, therefore you should not want that for you. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, even if they're addicted to drugs, even if they're doing things that you would never want to do and, and, and they're, they're heading down a path that you know may be destructive for them, ultimately it's not our business, nor is it our place to try to stop that from happening in their experience, in their life. Because mm-hmm. we're all here for our contrast and we all have contrast on different levels. And some of us are living more contrast than others. That goes back to that higher vibrational being and lower vibrational being thing. And, and it's kind of hard when you get into a spiritual practice such as Taya or you get into whatever you're into and you start really opening your mind up about the how the world works. You no longer need to be right. You now have the power to manifest a a, a beautiful life and a great day after great day after great day. And you're happy. You're connected to source. It's very easy to get up there and discern for yourself that you are now a higher vibrational being. 
and that somebody's on that's on Facebook ranting and raving all the time, or somebody that's you know li- living in a park bench and and shooting you know heroin or, or whatever it is, it's meth these days, right? <laughs> I think it actually is something newer than that, but I yeah, there's know. probably something newer that I don't even know what it is. You know, I, I didn't know what Molly was until you know just a couple of years ago. So, you know, back in my day, we called it ecstasy. Anyway. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, it's very easy to say they're a lower vibrational being and you're a higher vibrational being. You know, the truth is we're all human beings. We're here having our unique experience. I may be living a higher vibrational life than a lot of people. And there are certainly some people that live a higher, you know, Beyonce's life is higher vibrational than mine, I'm sure. As far as just your general overall existence, yeah, that's a higher vibration. That's a pretty damn high vibration when you are world famous and beloved and, and wealthy and successful and hopefully happy and, and you've got all that going on. That's a higher vibration for sure than someone that's you know living on a park mm-hmm. bench. But we can judge that as not our preference. And if you want to, you can even judge them as being a lower vibrational being. But if you're really up there and you're really quote unquote enlightened, you understand as I'm as enlightened as I can be at this point in my life. And I'm certainly not, not human anymore. And that, that definition of enlightened is if I'm superhuman is not true, but I understand that that person that's sitting on the park bench is having their human experience. And it's not for me to judge as far as they shouldn't have it or should have it. It's there for me to judge as far as that's my preference or it's not. And it's not. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And like the way that, that the MVP speaks about it is you are no longer judging the person for having their experience or judging their experience, but you're, like you said, judging for yourself that that's not particularly the experience that you want to have. Yeah, And they preference. always say, when you decide to stop robbing people of their experience, right? When you like, they can be a little blunt too sometimes. <laughs> After all, I am the, the the vehicle through which they're speaking. But but they often talk about you lose your judgment when you no longer feel like you need to be controlling other people's experience. And when you're feeling like you need to control other people's experiences, you're really robbing them of their contrast of the of the choices. You know, if you're at every step trying to make sure that your child never has anything bad happen to them, you're taking away their opportunity to have their contrast. So, you know, they always remind me of um, like the kid whose parents always bail him out or always do this. He's always getting in trouble because you're never allowing him to follow that path of contrast that he's created, right? And of course, you know, we can get into a conversation about that, how he's playing his part in that as well. But, but, you know, it, it goes back to that, that perfection, you know, yeah, people think if you're spiritual, you shouldn't be drinking or cussing. I, I cuss like a sailor, right? I eat meat. I love steak. My favorite meal is a martini and a steak with a glass of wine for dessert, right? Like that's my favorite meal. And <laughs> I think a lot of times- Maybe you have to the, eat steak and drink bourbon. I'm a bur- I do community. drink bourbon and, and eat steak and- <laughs> And swear the whole time. Maybe that's what we have to do to be able to channel. Yeah. So you have to. Yeah. So that's really what makes a great channel. um, So, (laughs) but you know, it's also when you're thinking along those lines of judgment, 
when you can stop judging your human experience. So for me in the new age or the me- the spiritual or metaphysical community or whatever the hell you want to call it, there's still this idea of disconnection or separation. There's still, and, and we kind of got on this because you were talking about the religious, like people t- treating spirituality like religion. There's still this idea of separation that you're, you're still a lowly crappy human right and and to to release the judgment of that is to embrace your human experience and all its follies as your individuation of source being aware of itself and experiencing itself and choosing to have that contrast and so really when you can embrace yourself as a human being and love being a human being you can embrace your ego you can separate from the judgment of other people's experiences all of that stuff comes into play to really allow you to maintain that high vibration. And that's why you can be in a high vibration and not judge yourself or anybody else for eating meat or cussing or not going to church on Sunday or having a judgment about something because you've allowed yourself to live in that space of freedom that yeah, isn't holding you back. Live and let live. That's such, you know, exactly. some of these little sayings that we have that we almost take for granted. Are oh so my gosh. Down. Yeah, our language is littered with them, Yeah, right? It's like, I call those energetic breadcrumbs that we just drop for ourselves before we come into human form to like remind us, like, stop taking it so seriously. It's not that serious. Yeah. So this is funny. Uh, I'll share this story with you quickly. Um, So, and you kind of touched on this earlier. So, right, we connect with the core, the pure source energy. That's what I call the MVP. That's what you call the stream. And we bring through those messages. But for a long time, the MVP said to me, I needed to work with an individuated stream strand of that consciousness for my own personal development, kind of like you were talking about your guide. And so I had guides, different guides that I'd worked with when I was learning mediumship and stuff like that. But St. Germain, who's considered an ascended master, always will come to me um, and I can feel that energy, right? It feels like something separate. And that's my little like note from the NVP saying, hey, you're getting too far away, like rein it back in and do a little bit of work on yourself here and, you know, da, da, da. And so just the other day, I heard St. Germain, well, St. Germain came in and I heard, I'm not as serious as people think I am. Like all the stuff that people write, it's written in this religious context and it's so serious. And he just started saying to me, you know, life isn't as serious as we think it, as you think it is. It's so fun. It's so joyous. Your, your main goal is to be free and just have a good time. And, and if you knew how amazing it is to be human, and we've heard, you know, Abraham say this a million times over, but, and the stream said it and the MVP said it, but if, but St. Germain was saying to me, right. If you recognize how amazing and fun it is to be human, you stop criticizing everything about being human and you're then free to live in your humanness, right? And so to me, that's, that's true enlightenment, right? Not what we consider hitting this point of perfection. When we hit that point of perfection, there's no point for us to be in our human form anymore. Right. And poof, we're gone, right? I'll never forget, <laughs> I, did a, uh, I did a podcast not long ago and the host of the podcast um, really got into talking about new earth, you know, that we're all going to ascend in, 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 as humanity and we're going to uh, birth new earth. That's going to be a place of perfection. <laughs> 
Sorry. It makes I know. Sense. And I was, you know, like, <laughs> really? Because <laughs> that's not what I'm getting from screen. Dead. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's called death. And we are all going to do that. You're right. And, and maybe, and I'm making fun of her a little bit, and I shouldn't, but, you know, the stream kind of blew that theory out of the water. But we're judgy. I was never asked to be back again on the show after that. But, you know, they, they, they really did because you're not doing that. You know, there's nothing wrong with planet Earth. There's nothing wrong with your environment. All of the contrast that you see and experience serves a great purpose of new creation, launching your desires for new creation, for improvement, evolution, all of this. And the, the idea of ascending to some, some, some environment of perfection that's physical, there would be no point in doing that. You exist that mm -hmm. way in non-physical so when we start thinking that we're going to reach some state mm -hmm. of perfection and we're going to shed our ego and, you know, and we're going to, you know, live this, this life of even we see that look at the Catholic church, you know, you've got these people that are priests and, 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 and people taking these vows to try to, to be something other than their human desires and look what happens. You know, <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's obviously a very flawed premise when you try to make human beings something more than human that's not why we're here. It's not possible. And there's all sorts of flaws in that that become very, very evident when, when you know, reality starts to surface on what's going on behind the scenes. So I think I'm going to call this show, this episode, Spiritual Myths. Oh, I like that. Out, yeah, yeah, we started out talking about guides and <laughs> angels and ascended masters. And that, that term came to me from the stream while we were sitting here like, this is about spiritual myths. Yeah, I like that. Spiritual myths here. So we talked about all of that. The next thing that I want to get into with you, because we always, we always have a great conversation, is this idea around crystals and uh, essential oils and you know, all of these things that, that people need in a spiritual practice. You know, I follow lots of people on Instagram that are sort of into what I do and you know, I follow them back and they follow me and you know, I've got lots of followers and I'm following lots of people. And I get all of this amalgam of stuff. And sometimes it's not very spiritual to me at all. But other times it's, you know, uh, Mercury's in retrograde. I need my crystals near me and all this stuff. I'm thinking, why? <laughs> so I'm per it's so perfect that you asked me this because I use crystals and essential oils. Yeah, and I was going to say, and I think you use this. Stuff, <laughs> I'm like, so I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah, so watch yeah, yeah. what you say, buddy. No. Um, <laughs> Well, I will tell you before before uh, you, you jump off my podcast forever no. that the stream says <laughs> no. The stream says these things have the power. Everything has vibration. Yes, high, higher vibrational things on planet. Yes, than other things. You know, a, a beautiful crystal, a diamond is higher vibrational than a pile of dog poop, for sure. <laughs> Right, and we know hey, my dog's got some pretty amazing poop. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if a poop is compressed, it becomes something. I'm not sure if that's a diamond or not, but I think that's cold. But anyway, that, that there are higher and lower vibrational <laughs> elements on the planet for sure, and these things have the power that we give to them. So, in 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 that context. The stream is not judging anything. They're not saying, oh, you can't have crystals. That's bullshit. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. They're just saying that don't get so caught up in thinking that you have to have a tool to, yes. to, to connect and be one with source. You don't have to have a tool to do that. And, and, and that's totally same here, right? So it's funny. I always say to my clients, I'm going to teach you a bunch of stuff. 
And then I'm going to teach you to not even pay attention to what I tell you, right? Like I'm going to teach you the rules so you can break them. But no, essentially what the MVP has said to me is that if we want to look at crystals and essential oils from a vibrational aspect, they always say that earth is the biggest manifestation of source energy that we have available to us as human beings. And that crystals and essential oils are just like little bits and pieces of earth that carry that vibration. So like you said, a diamond has a higher vibration than a piece of poop, right? So these little nuggets of of physically manifested source energy are going to have a higher vibration. And if you're having a shit day, then yeah, that that vibrational boost is going to help you. But the power isn't in that. The power is in you. But what they teach me or what I've come to learn and I teach my clients is that you forget sometimes your own power. So if you have a beautiful crystal to look at, one, for me, essential oils smell good and crystals are pretty. So that immediately raises my vibration. Yeah, just like music and then, or, you know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it certainly can. And they're and, just and the little pocket size. proven to change physical. Yep. And so they're just little pocket size reminders of shifting our ability to shift our own vibration. And the MVP always says, are you using a tool from the bottom up or the top down? And so the bottom up means, are you using that tool from a place of complete powerlessness, putting all of the power in that tool and you can't do anything without that tool? Or are you using that tool from the, the top down, meaning seeing it from your source self and saying, oh, here's just a little tool that I have to focus my source energy more clearly for this specific situation right now. Yeah. Well, and to, to prove the point of everything has the, the power that we give to it, you've seen likely these studies, if you haven't, you can Google and see this all over the internet, where music and even a blessing can change the molecular structure of something and they use it in water all the time. How you see where they play this, you know, classical music around water, and, or, and it's frozen, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's this beautiful diamond-like, you know, multifaceted uh, crystal-like substance in, in its frozen state, and the, the water that had nothing like that looks very different, and the water that had maybe more uh, violent music played looks very different than that. And of course, we mm-hmm. judge one as positive and negative, but that's just all our own discernment, anyway. So that shows you that things have the power that we give to it. And I know that I was kind of, um, no pun intended, poo-pooing your, your crystals and your essential oil in the beginning. But you know what I have, and I always go circle back to this in this conversation. I have a plastic St. Joseph, $2.99 mm. $2. plastic St. Joseph that I ordered online from China when I had a house for sale in Florida. And I already was well aware of all of these things that I teach. Not as advanced as I am now. This was about 15 years ago or so, 18 years ago or so. Had a house that I was selling. Definitely not advanced enough. And uh, you know, it wasn't 18 years. It was about 10 years ago, uh, because it was the beginning of the recession. So I owned a house in mm. Florida, 2007, right when the you know economy was going over the cliff. Florida's housing market was the first thing that really started all that. Well, I was living in Orlando, and I'd gotten a job promotion to Seattle, Washington, and I had this house that I bought. I'd been flipping houses. I bought this house, completely remodeled it, put a lot of money into it, and it was sort of the top of the market for the neighborhood. And it sat on the market for three months. Well, suddenly I got this job promotion at the beginning of the recession and I couldn't say no to it. You know, it was a chance to go make more money at the beginning of the freaking recession. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Plus I was happy to move to Seattle. I was ready to get out of Florida at that point. And my house had been on the market. I really needed to sell it. I was desperate. 
And I, somebody told me about St. Joseph, that you buy a St. Joseph statue, oh, yeah. you pay a prayer, you bury it in your yard, your house sells. So, you know, here I am, completely agnostic, not Catholic at all, you know, totally into law of attraction and stream and what was coming to me at the time. I knew that if I gave that the power, it would work. And so I ordered it and it came in and it came with a little, little uh, Catholic prayer. And I said, you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and read this prayer. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So my friend Jenny was there. It kind of reminds me of you a little bit. She's a lot of fun. And uh, my ex, Troy, was there. And we went out into the front yard. We dug a little hole. And I said, I believe these things have the power that you give to it. I'm blessing you and I'm giving you the power to sell my house. Buried it. And within a few days, uh, I was uh, in the airport going to Seattle to report to work before I sold my house, before I even lived there. My first trip to Seattle. And I got a call from my realtor. And she said, I've got amazing news. There are, is a couple looking at your house. They're both attorneys. They want to write a full price offer and pay cash right now. And, I, and it was a seamless sale. I've sold houses to attorneys before, and it's always kind of a nightmare. This was the most seamless transaction. At the beginning of the recession, paying cash, full price offer. They could have lowballed me from here to next year. They didn't do it. I don't know what all aligned for me, but everything aligned for me. Nice closing, no problems. Went just sold the house, easy, easiest closing. Mercury must have closing. not been in retrograde. No. Yeah, obviously it wasn't. <laughs> There's another spiritual myth, smartest. and it's not really a myth because Mercury retrograde <laughs> has a has a um, has an impact on polarity. But I see people really struggling with it and saying that they're having all these problems and they're just going to, you know, I, I had an employee when I was in San Francisco. Uh, in one of my stores when I was working, um, I remember she called out every time Mercury was in retrograde, she, she wouldn't even go to work. She wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> I'm like, well, guess what? Mercury's in retrograde for all of us. And here we are getting in our cars, coming to work, doing our jobs, <laughs> functioning, not, you know, being killed. And it's like two weeks or something. Like, right. <laughs> so you're just going to sit home while Mercury's in retrograde? That's just kind of crazy. You're going to miss you know, half she, your life. Yeah. And she ultimately <laughs> wasn't able to stay working for us. And, you know, this, 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 this is how she went through life. And, you know, this, the stream has said it been very clear. If you want to pay attention to that, go right ahead. But pay more attention to your own personal vibration and where you are on your spiral and, and have these tools that we teach to go up your spiral no matter what and really protect yourself from polarity. And we can. Well, and it's all about where you're choosing to place your attention, right? What are you focusing on? And, and I love your story about the St. Joseph because that's really all any of the tools. They're just a way for us to focus our energy when we can't get out of our own way, right? But then when I think about Mercury retrograde, and this is kind of what the MVP has said to me, is um, when we choose to not focus our energy anywhere, like we just let our attention be taken with whatever, well, then we're subject to the mass consciousness energy. And so many people are focusing their energy on the the wrongdoings that Mercury retrograde is making happen in their life, that if you're not being a cognizant human being, if you're not being a cognizant person and paying attention to where your awareness is, then you're just going to get swept along with the tide. So I bet you are getting affected by Mercury retrograde because you're being lazy and you're not choosing to focus your attention, right? And And so... Yeah, it's like, is it affecting you? Yeah, because you're choosing to not let it affect, you know, you're not making the choice to put your attention elsewhere. 
worse when you're choosing to place your attention on that. And then I always think, well, now you're focusing on to all of that other energy that people are focusing on it. And like anything is a vibration, right? You're connecting in with that vibration and now you're feeling the full brunt of it. So I bet it is pulling a doozy on your life, you know? So it's like, do you want to be responsible for your existence or not? And like, what excuses are you using to not be responsible for your existence? That's, that's where I think a lot of these spiritual myths come in is, oh, I, I don't want to be responsible. So what thing can I pull out of the ethers and blame my problems on, right? I mean, and that's why I get a little blunt, right? <laughs> because we're just, we're all responsible. Where are we choosing to place our attention and what vibration are we creating within ourselves that allows us to attract that vibration back to us, right? That's law of attraction at its core. You are creating that which is coming to you by being it. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I will end that with saying that I still have the St. Joseph sitting right by my <laughs> front door right now because I give it the power over financial abundance now. Mm, I actually I had a neighbor that. go and dig it up out of our yard and mail it to us in Seattle in the middle of the night. That's funny. <laughs> and, uh, and I've always kept it. I've had it at every home that I've lived in. I've always held on to it. And, you know, again, it's a, it's a $2.99 plastic statue that I bought online. Is it blessed? Is it high vibration? It's high vibration because I make it high vibration. Yeah. It's, it's how, how do you allow something to make you feel, you know, and, and I love crystals because I like pretty things, right? Like I want Jeff to buy me all the diamonds and emeralds and amethyst on the planet and have all the sparkly jewelry, right? So I love pretty things. And if so, you like something and it raises your vibration, or if you, you, you know, look at that St. Joseph and it gives you a good feeling, then it's automatically going to lift your vibration, right? So yeah, I like our, I love the tools that we have available to us. Um, I just always guide my clients to recognize that they can use those tools from the bottom up or the top down. Are, are you using them as a powerless being or with power? It's your choice. How is that going to unfold? You know? Exactly. Exactly. So you know, we can use anything that we want any way that we want, but understand that if that thing is lost or stripped away from you, the power is within you. That's, that's mm -hmm. the most important thing to remember is that, that everything is in our, within us to, to have or do or be whatever we want and have the experience that we want. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with getting into spirituality and subscribing to any of these modalities, but we really get ourselves tripped up in the rules and the right or wrong. And, and, and we don't realize that we're sort of, we're making it sort of a religion. And most of us are here because we want to move beyond religion. We, we realize that there's good things in religion that serve us, but all of the rules and the judgment and, and the separation and all of that stuff that occurs and feeling like there's some external being judging us and, and, and controlling our lives, ultimately, that we're coming to understand like never before as humanity, we're coming to really question that. And I think that that's good. I think we are raising in vibration in general as humans because we're coming together and communicating like we never have before. And we're all starting to really question our religions and every generation mm -hmm. questions it a little more. You know, Gen X uh, questioned it more than the baby boomers and, and certainly the millennials question it more than Gen X and, and the next generation, whatever that's called, <laughs> I've got to question even more because we're born up to speed with the time that we come in 
And that's why we see religion starting to sort of falter and crumble because they're not serving us anymore the way they once served humanity because it really became all about this divisiveness. You know, I, I look at Christianity today and, you know, this, 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 this judgment that comes along with that is very different than what I grew up with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very. You know, I know some people in this day and age right now who who are very um, loyal to their religion. And it is not um, not at all what I grew up with. And we're not that far apart in age, you know, so <clears throat> although I'm younger. Um, but... Um, <laughs> But uh, Thank, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what I what Back it in the olden comes days. To... <laughs> we went to church in the Back buggy. From Grandpa David. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it's funny because when you think of as these old paradigms, we'll call them, are breaking apart as we're shifting our consciousness you start to see those people that are clinging on to those old beliefs are even more uh, what I just call outrageous in what they're peddling than the people that I grew up with. You know, like it's, you start to see as, as that's breaking down as less and less people are buying into that. Um, some of the people I'm thinking of, like they are just fighting tooth and nail in, in almost a, a crazy kind of way to hold on to this belief system as more people are falling away from it. Yeah. You know, like I have some friends, they'll say stuff to me and I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Things (laughs) do, you know, as things are getting extinguished, they fight for life and and that pendulum starts to swing more violently in this direction. And I think that we're seeing that a little bit and, and, you know, suddenly religion is this political thing now. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, that's something that's in my lifetime has really uh, evolved quite a bit that religion has all of this political aspect to it. And you have these religious leaders really getting involved in who the president is and, and all of this, this political stuff. And, you know, I really don't, I really don't get that, but you know, to each his own, right? <laughs> well, right. To me, it's like, there's, well, if you're losing the control over here, then where are you going to, where's your next grab going to be for control? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, because, it, and, and unfortunately it is all about controlling the behavior of, of the masses. And, and that's unfortunate because we don't need to be controlled. And we all know that at our core, but those, there are those of us who want to be controlled, who, who believe that living under a certain set of rules somehow makes us blessed and sometimes even believe make us superior. And that's what mm-hmm. really is, is, you know, the, the judgment, that judgment that comes from a place of superiority, which is very different <laughs> than the message I was taught from religion growing up. Yeah. Oh, no. And that's that's a beautiful uh, point because just the people that I'm thinking of that I know now, like I'm thinking if there's 10 commandments, you broke 15 of them. But because you go to church, you know, you're better than me and you're condemning me all the time because I'm not going to church. But yet, you you know, your husband's a foul mouth philander, but that's okay because you're going (laughs) to church and you're adhering to the rules, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, I'm bad because I'm not going to church. So if I go to church, I can pretty much do anything that I want and it's okay, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that wasn't the the religious yeah experience that I had growing up by any means, and it wasn't politically motivated. Yeah, either so that noise you hear in the background is my uh, lawn guy is blowing uh, leaves in front of my window right now. <laughs> they, 
he was pretty generous. So he was on there for a second. So uh, I started to like mute, but I'm like, ah, this is going too well. I don't want to stop the, the flow that we've got going here. And we're going to wrap up really, really soon. <laughs> Go to your uh, commentary with the stream because this has been a long podcast, but I will say that we've covered a lot of good ground. We've covered a lot of uh, what I consider spiritual myths. And the, the one that I'm going to end with is uh, for me is this funny story where I went to this uh, spiritual mixer here in Palm Springs and <laughs> this woman got up and it was, there were all different kinds of people there and she got up and she did a meditation and it was a very Christian oriented meditation, but it was a meditation nonetheless. And anytime I have an opportunity to stand with a bunch of people who are in their own way, raising their vibration, I love that energy. I'm going to do that. I don't care, you know, what your belief system is. If you're standing there believing that you're raising your vibration, whether it's with God, Jesus, you know, the, the higher power source, whatever it is, I like that feeling. It, it's just a very positive feeling and you can, everybody can have their own experience. And so we're standing there and she's doing this meditation. It's like a lead meditation, more of a prayer almost. And I'm, I'm allowing myself to have this meditative experience. And the woman next to me grabbed my arm and she says, she's not doing this right. We're supposed to be outside on the dirt and barefoot. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Right, but I guess it's not supposed to because I'm not barefoot outside of the dirt. We're doing it wrong. Let's stop the whole thing. Like, really? You're not going to enjoy this experience and just have this moment because you think this woman is doing this meditation wrong? I'm like, wow, you know, what, what branch of spirituality are you following where you've got to stop me? In the and that she thing? interrupted your experience. I know. How did I manifest that? That's what I want to know. But anyway. I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, wow, sometimes you just Well, that's funny. Becomes religion. Well, and it's funny because I was I was actually teaching a class last month called Chakras, Crystals, and Essential Oils. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and again, like I will, I teach you that there's no rules. The rule is what feels good to you. That's the only rule. And it never fails. Anytime I'm teaching about a tool, whether it's oracle cards or connecting with your guides or crystals or anything, there's always one or two people in the class who the lady, you know, I'm teaching something and the, and the lady raises her hand and I, and I said, yeah, you know, how can I help you? And she said, oh, well, you forgot this, this, and this. And I said, no, I didn't. And she was like, yeah, you're not teaching it right. And I was like, oh, do you want to, I would say, oh, do you want to get up and teach? You can imagine, right? Because yeah. I'm such a smart I'm ass. Sure you, I'm sure you've um, been very uncomfortable for her. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, do you want to get up and teach? <laughs> and she was like, well, no, you just forgot. And, and it was about, um, well, don't we have to put ourselves in protection and don't we have to do this? And I, and I said, well, do you feel good when you do that? Like, do, do you feel good going, oh, there's something scary out there that I have to protect myself from? You know, if you feel good, keep doing it. But Yeah, well, she's using her imagination to bridge the gap towards something negative in that, that instance. Exactly. And so yeah. I, I said, thank you for bringing up this opportunity for me to clarify that you, the crystal doesn't have the power. You have the power. But I, it was so funny because you could see her just being antsy through the whole class as most of the people were like, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to do that. I don't have to follow that rule. You mean I can work with these tools and make up my own rules and do my own thing and just feel my way through it? You know, and so I always like 95% of the class is like, Oh, thank you. Oh my goodness. You know, like I'm free. And then there's always like the one person who's just losing their shit because I'm not following the rules. And right. I, I'm like, there's nothing to be protected from. There's nothing what, you know? So yeah, it's funny how, how 
programmed people allow themselves to be or actually how much people program themselves that you have to follow these rules. And if you don't, something horrible is going to happen to you and the world's going to fall apart. And, you know, as two people who don't ever follow rules, you can see that we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's falling apart. Yeah. You know, I had no, you know, as I've said, you're, you're even more educated in all this stuff than I am. I've had no education in this whatsoever yet with the streams message and with what I experienced with the streams message, I've put together a spiritual practice that works for people and it's not following anyone else's rules. And there's not a lot of rules in the spirit. In fact, there are no rules in the spiritual practice. It's very David-esque. That, hey, there's no rules. You can do whatever mm-hmm. you want. But if you want to be in alignment, these are the tools to do it. And that's what Taya is. It's not, there's no rules or judgment or anything in Taya. And there's really no right or wrong way to do it. In boot camp, uh, the people that mm-hmm. the boot camp program, they very much find their own path to all of these things. They find their own way to manage their spiral. Yeah. They find their own way to source connection. You know, it's, it's very much about we're all individuals. There's no one, one size fits all. Just like the, uh, the, the mentor call I had earlier I was telling you about, she asked me how I taught myself to channel. The very first thing is, I'll, I'll tell you how I did it. I'm going to tell you, it's probably not how you're going to do it. Because how I did it is not the way that Esther did it. How yeah. I did it is not the way <laughs> That's what I say. We, we, we all figured out how to do it on our, in our <laughs> own way. And it took me a long time to do it. But I'm very glad that I did it the way that I did, again, because I think that I've created something that's very useful and that I wasn't following somebody else's plan or rule. And I would yeah. be the first to say, don't ever let somebody tell you they're going to teach you how to channel. Now, I've had people mm-hmm. come out of boot camp learning how to raise their vibration and begin channeling. But it's not because I taught them how to channel. I gave them some tools on raising their vibration. And in the process of raising their vibration, their own natural ability to channel came forth. You know, that's what I, because a lot of people know me when I was a psychic and a medium, right? And so a lot of clients that'll come to me and, and people always want to know, how do I develop this? How do I do that? How, how am I a medium? How am I psychic? How am I a channel? And I simply say, you raise your vibration and then all of those things will unfold naturally for you as they work for you. There's no handbook. It's really just raising your vibration. And once you are connected to source if you're clairvoyant, you're clairvoyant and that opens up and unfolds. If you are receiving information and you're translating it, the same. So, hey, I, I like to hear that you're getting the same information on that, that I'm not alone in that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Liza, this has been wonderful and I, there's a couple more topics I want to get into, but I think what I'm going to do is we're going to make this part one and we're going to do a two-part podcast. Yay! So this is part one. We will wrap up here. Liza, tell them how to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you do. You can go to my website, www.lizajanewolf.com. Wolf like the animal, no E, L-I-Z-A-J-A-N-E-W-O-L-F. So visit lizajanewolf.com to learn more about Liza and the MVP. As always, visit thestreamofdavid.com to learn more about the stream and myself. And if you're interested in Taya or Taya Bootcamp, visit thestreamofdavid.com forward slash Taya, T-Y-A. Thank you so much, Liza. We'll be back next week for part two. Thank you all for listening. Namaste. Hi, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like what we shared here today, and if it inspired you to think differently, even for just a moment, I have something that you're absolutely going to love. It's a full 90 minute masterclass where I've condensed all the knowledge I've acquired throughout the years after writing two books and helping hundreds of people change their lives. Take the action steps that I share in this masterclass 
the only place that I share this is in these masterclasses aside from my Taya Bootcamp program. And if you know our teachings, you know that we're not about rainbows and fairy dust. We are about extreme ownership, claiming the power to transmute anything in your life to something positive, claiming the power to create your life exactly the way that you dream of it. So everything that you're going to learn in the masterclass is something that you can take and apply in your life as soon as you're done watching. So just go to the streamofdavidmasterclass.com and register and take this 90 minute masterclass. It will transform your life. Again, that is the streamofdavidmasterclass.com. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, you are absolutely going to love this masterclass. Thank you again. I'll see you in class.